When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to UAP episode number 25. I am Stephen Diener. Over there is Karen Curtis. Happy silver anniversary. Yes, and thank you to everybody who's been listening and enjoying the show and downloading it to get us this far. And here's to another 25 and much, much more throughout this uh, journey of UAP. Because, listen, it's not going to stop here. We've got a lot to go over today and a lot to go over in the future. But I'll just go ahead and say it now, Karen. Okay. Um, We are going to go on a little break. Yep. Little uh, <laughs> Christmas and New Year's break. We were on a break. <laughs> Little friends reference there. So we're gonna go uh, after this, and that you but you know what that'll give you time to kind of catch up on all yeah. the previous episodes. Binge listen. Yes, you can binge listen over the uh, holiday break because we are gonna go on a little Christmas and New Year's break and then go, we'll be we're back. We're going to go dark. Yes, we are going to go dark. Dark matter. We'll be back and we figured it was a good time after 25 episodes. It kind of falls on a good timing here as we approach the Christmas and New Year's break and gives us an opportunity to recharge and get our thoughts together for uh, 2022 when we come back for episode 26. Yeah. So there you go. Barring any lost time. Oh goodness, you never know. And speaking <laughs> of lost time, nice segue, hey! Karen. Because today... We're going to talk about what we teased at the end of episode 24 last week, and hopefully everybody enjoyed the Edgar Casey series oh. that we did. Very deep, very uh, thought-provoking. We went down a few rabbit holes and wormholes. We did. If you missed those, episode 23 and 24, you can always catch up on Apple, Spotify, 850WFTL.com. The show lives there. We got existential, and yeah, we, we got religious, and we, we got, yeah. It was it was very deep. So you can always enjoy those in any other, uh, any other episodes that you want to hear. Maybe you hear them again. But we teased at the end of episode 24 kind of going in depth on descriptions of all of these different aliens that we hear about. Yeah, they're not all just the little uh, men with the big eyes. Right, right. Or green men. There's a lot of different descriptions of different species of aliens, actually. And so we wanted to kind of dive into that. But in order to do that, we thought, why don't we mix it together with some abduction stories? There you go. Because who else can describe aliens better than people who have been abducted by them? You know what I noticed, even in compiling all this stuff, um, that bald people are becoming aliens. Human, oh, no. hu- hu- <laughs> because most of the aliens that have been spotted are hairless. That's you're right. That's true. I've never heard of an alien. Well, that's we, not true. We'll get to some today. Look how much money we spend on our hair and yeah. on hair plugs. I'm and gonna get a haircut this week. Weaves and wigs and cuts and colors and and aliens are like. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're, we're way ahead of you. Yeah, we, we don't even worry about hair. <laughs> don't bother with that stuff. That's true. So before we get into all that uh, interesting stuff here today, Karen, we always go with a fun fact. So do you have a fun fact today for us? I do, and I didn't even know this was happening. Oh. I mean, I saw the 60 Minutes on the web telescope, which is super, super cool. Mm-hmm. But we have a NASA Parker Solar Probe that is the first spacecraft to touch the sun. Did you know this probe was sent up in 2018? I did not know that, actually. Yeah, and it's in the process of making 21 close approaches to the sun over the next seven years. They didn't name it Icarus. They named it the Parker Solar Probe. Hello. Uh, but it has successfully thro- flown through the sun's corona. That's the upper atmosphere. And it was tasked, tasked with pickles and the star's magnetic field. That is, you talk about deep, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing, though. Wow. I mean, so that has to be pretty hot. Like, how far is the sun from us? It's like 93 million? About that, yeah, give or take. Light years. And this is, miles. you're saying miles? Yeah. What am I thinking? Light years, we would be freezing to death. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I made a, a, a time. You have lost time. I, I You've been abducted. I misrepresented time. Yes. Um, but the the corona extends, what, out? Five million miles? About five million, yeah, from the actual you know, center, of, well, not center of the sun, but from the body of the sun itself. So, look, five million miles away from the sun is going to be pretty freaking hot. I yeah. mean, we're 93, you know, a little bit over 93 million miles away here, and it gets pretty hot on Earth in some spots. So, yes. especially here in South Florida, where you and I are located, where we do the show, we know <laughs> the sun gets very, very hot. Um that's amazing, though. I mean, this the, how far scientists come to be able to build something like that that can withstand the temperatures of being 5 million miles away from the sun. And it's exciting, too, to think about what kind of uh, information we're going to get from this thing. Yeah. Very I'm cool. sure it's not made out of wax. No, no. Or they should have named it Icarus. I know. What were they, what were they thinking? I don't know. The Parker Solar Probe. Ah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a stupid name. Some guy who thought of it named Parker. Oh, they went after myself. Yeah. Selfish. <laughs> the <laughs> Webb Telescope. Yeah. Hubble. Come on. Yeah. They, everything gets named after whoever invented it or Selfish. came up with it. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think Icarus. Yes. But we're going to talk about the abductees' descriptions of aliens. Yes. And um, this is one that was described on, speaking of 60 Minutes, 60 Minutes Australia. Oh. Did you know they have a 60 Minutes Australia? I did not know that. Where everything tries to kill you. Here is one person's description of, they were abducted by aliens and- and apparently they did terrifying things to this person. Oh, no. There's two types that I see. One type is about three feet tall, very dark, um, very ugly, not humanoid at all. The others are very, very tall, very uh, lizard-looking, uh, not pleasant. The creatures that I have seen mostly have been the, uh, the greys. And when I say tall, I'm not talking six feet. I'm talking very tall, like 10 feet tall. Usually about three to four foot tall. Real big, almond-shaped, black eyes. The face was uh, oval. The being itself couldn't have been more than three feet tall. It was uh, sitting cross-legged at the top left-hand corner of my bed. Oh. <gasps> Eight foot two, solid blue. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Five transistors in each shoe. You can look that song up. Mice on the nut, yeah. Yes. Um... Wow, that's that is creepy. And but by the way, just real quick before we dive into those uh, descriptions from the you know alleged abduction victims, there, um, amazing sound effects by Sixty Minutes Australia. Yeah, they pulled out the stops on that <laughs> they, one. They did a lot of sound effects there. But you hear the descriptions there from 
Those, totally different. Totally different. Tall ones, short ones, gray skin, reptilian skin. It sounds like people who watched a crime. Yeah. Oh, he was... <laughs> He was white, he was black, he was tall, he was short, he had hair, he had a mustache. And how about the description, too, of the alien she's talking about sitting cross-legged in her room? He's just, like, relaxing, sitting there with, like, a cup of scotch. over the end of her bed like Buddha or something. Weird. That sounds like sleep paralysis or something, at the end of the bed when you see something. You know, it's weird with sleep paralysis, not to get too far down uh, a rabbit hole here, because, you know, I'll try to stay on topic, but I do have sleep paralysis. I've I've never terrifying. Have you seen anything in yours? I did. I saw a visage. I saw a person. I, I thought it was my mother. Wow. It was so scary. The standing at the end of your, my bed. Really? Yes. And I couldn't move. And I'm going, Mom! Um, right. No, but that's true. When you have sleep paralysis, because I get the same thing. You can't thing. move and you can't talk. You can't move. It was so bad. All you can do is kind of like moan. Yes. And I've had that before. Now, I've never seen anything in my sleep paralysis. Oh. I When I have sleep paralysis, I can't open my eyes. Oh, I could see it. So my eyes are always closed during mine, and it's so annoying when it happens because you're laying there, and if you've had sleep paralysis, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, this is going to sound really strange, but you're laying there, and you're fully aware of what's going on around you. You can't move. You can't move. You can barely speak. You're just... You, you feel like you're paralyzed and you start to freak out a little bit but over time you learn how to calm yourself down during it until your body just snaps out of it then you can move yeah it's no fun no and that's but it's funny because that's what people describe sometimes in these abduction stories is being paralyzed in their beds and sometimes psychiatrists or you know psychologists or hypnotists who do these regressions with uh, abduction victims which you're going to hear one here today it's yeah, Peter Faust. Wow. It's what's Full interesting that is one. that happens when they're asleep, at least with this guy. And that's what they always that sometimes and they try to attribute it to a sleep paralysis episode, but these people they they go into full detail about things that have happened to them. Well, this guy Peter, he had thought it was a bad dream, but he felt like this sense of dread and terror right. when he woke up and it wasn't until then he was regressed right. back in time by is it this Harvard doctor? Yeah, there was there was a uh, a, a hip a hypnosis. Hip, why do you say it? I got hypnotist. Gosh. Hypnotist. Thank you. Is it Doctor Mack? Yeah, someone. Yeah, Doctor Mack is a uh, doctor from Harvard. It was honestly this this interview is almost thirty years old, and so he's if he's still alive, he's very old right now. Uh, but he was a renowned doctor and professor in Harvard. Uh, psychiatrist studied mental behaviors and Just things like, like that. Just like Brian Weiss, he went to Yale. Right, and that's who the, does the regression. He was yeah. the one that did it with you. So many lives, many masters. This is, um, yeah. Again, this is Peter Faust, and this was from an episode of Oprah that he was on back in 1994. Yeah, he described some of what happened to him and what she talks about. Well, she, I don't have. I edited her. Right. I edited out Oprah. That's okay. She'll be. She'll be fine. <laughs> she kept interrupting him. Uh, but anyway, it was a Canadian film crew that filmed him being regressed. It was, it's, it's kind of weird. So it was a session that they had already done ah. and they filmed him what? reacting okay. to it. All right. Listening to what it was like. Jace. Okay. Yeah. Well, here we go. You locked me up. I'm in my room in Hawaii. And, and they lifted me up. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I can't move. And, and now we're going outside. Oh, 
Oh boy. Okay, so huh. like we said, full warning on that one. Um, obviously, highly disturbing. And again, that was a recording of his regression that he had during his therapy session when he was under hypnosis. And once he came out of it, he had no idea what he was saying during that session until he heard, and that's what the film crew there was doing for Oprah. They were filming his reaction to hearing his session, his that's description weird, for the first time. When I was regressed, I was aware of what was happening. Interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. But he was asleep, so he wasn't aware of it until right. he was regressed. And then he was like, wow. And uh, did he say that they were having sex with him? So in one of the uh, descriptions, yeah. That would explain. It could. It could. I don't know if that's a scream of fear or a scream of something else, but yeah. So he did say that um, apparently he was having sex with them at some point and they were doing these different... uh, I believe you said it's nonstop sex. Yeah, he did actually. And they were trying to get sperm samples. He said, uh, knowing that he had something to do with hybrid children, oh. um, to knowing that his sperm was somehow being used with extraterrestrials, and then he also saw himself with female extraterrestrials. So this is interesting because I have yet to hear anyone describe genitalia on an alien. Me too. And that's Ever. actually, right, that's the first time I've heard that. So, so how does he know it's a female? Yeah, right. And I guess that's again, goes to the unique descriptions here that, we're, that we want to kind of uncover here today and kind of go in more detail of what these things are like, right. what these different species are like. And he's, his description, and we're going to have a picture of the artist rendering of the aliens that, that he saw, he saw um, and that he described through his regression sessions. We're going to have that picture on our blog, 850WFTL.com, on UAP blog. You can search at UAP there on the website and you'll see all of our past episodes and all the uh, detail that go along with details that go, go along with all of our episodes. So that picture will be there. You can look at that. It's, it's kind of weird. I mean, you'll see like these little green men in these what looks like spacesuits. And you'll see um, him on a table in what looks like some type of operating room setting. Right. There's a lot of instruments around. Something that, again, that you would see in a hospital in like an operating room. And then you'll also see what I make out as anyway. I don't know if you notice this too, Karen. The artist, the way he described this was, and I'm looking at this picture, it almost looks like other people sitting on different tables. Like at least five or six people who are covered by blankets. Yeah, they're lying paralyzed on tables. Right, right, right. Under alien assault. He also saw people that were floating through walls and beams of light into spaceships. And he was told of tagging devices. Uh, He talked about tagging devices that were implanted in sinuses and in eyeballs. Right. And that they were removed and then put back in. Which is really intriguing, actually, because if you remember... Way back when, I think it may have been what, like in one of our first five episodes, we talked about famous abduction stories. Yeah, yeah. And one of them was about um, a man in Miami who was abducted back in the 80s. And another one was about a person who had these implants that was found by a Dr. Lear, I believe his That's name was. Right. Remember yes. Dr. Lear? Yes. He was a, a podiatrist. And then, but he was also a surgeon. And once he started to uncover these things from uh, abductees who were coming to him saying, I think there's something inside of me, he started finding these little metal shards and like what looked like implants in people. He knew he would find them 
near the eye. He would find them in the wrist, in the hand, on the back of the hand. So Peter Faust here describing this in 1994 matches up to another story from a different year from Dr. Lear who was doing these surgeries finding implants on people. Yeah. That's that's so weird. Um, And he he also did talk about seeing what looked like basically alien children as well. And these were the hybrids, I guess. Yeah, he said that they were created basically... um, on ships right and that they had they were listless huge-eyed wispy-haired children that uh he kind of equated to chemo patients yeah that's weird it is very strange so that's there's a lot of of radiation up there but yeah that's that's just one explanation of what they saw this guy from pascagoula right he was allegedly abducted by an alien and um he said that this is what his aliens look like. They had, uh, I, I kind of thought it was people at first, you know, off like that. But of course, when they when they appeared there in, in front of me, um, it was the most shock I've ever had in my life. What did you see? Well, they, they were shorter than me. I'd say about five foot two or three, and they didn't have a neck. They, they had, it seemed to come directly to their shoulders. And it had something uh, that came out to a point about where a nose would be, and, and on each side, the ears. And I believe that they looked like they were a little longer on the ears than the nose. They were still pointing, yes. Hmm. So this picture that we're also going to have up on our blog on 850WFTL.com on the UAP page is unlike anything I've ever seen as far as des- uh, uh, descriptions go for aliens. It looks more like, have you ever seen the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still? Yes. I'm talking the old one from like the 50s. It looks like the robot Gort, okay? And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, you can look at the picture on our blog page on 850WFTL.com because we're going to have the artist's rendering of what the Pascagoula man there was was talking about and yep. the alien that that he saw that was Charles Hickson had like like spiky cones for yeah. nose and ears kind it looks of, like a robot it, well yeah it reminds me a little bit of, though of the alien that those women in Brazil saw on their way home they took a different way home right and um this is the description they gave we talked about this in a past episode e olhei falei assim só para ela assim gente olha ali she saw uh, a little creature that was really sweating it was like a little a person but with no hair whatsoever, red eyes, and three horns. Three horns. Right. Okay. So that could That's have what a, a similar. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. The nose and the ears, that would be the three horns. Could be. Yeah. So maybe something similar to that. By the way, real quick, just uh, before we go any further, to point out, because we always like to say that we use sources that are credible. Oh, yes, please. Uh, just to point out, on that first story we spoke about there with uh, Peter Faust from that episode of Oprah back in 1994, the guy that was with him, kind of going through all this research with him, was John E. Mack. That's the Harvard professor we were talking about, and he was a, a psychiatrist there. He was a Pulitzer Prize winner. So this wasn't a guy that just, you know, oh, no. lucked into a job at Harvard. This guy was the real deal that we, was investigating these claims. We've talked about Dr. Mack. We yes. had audio with him in past episodes. So he yeah, it's a yeah, recur- he'll be a recurring person. I, th- I think so. But going back to hear what we were talking about, it's interesting when you compare the two stories there, Karen. Like you said, that was uh, Brazil. We, it was called the Brazil Roswell incidents. And when those three girls who are now women saw that alien sitting there, we talked in great detail about that in a past episode. And it's funny how it does connect to this episode in Pascagoula in 1973. And like you say, the horns, I don't know. Is it the same type of alien? 
but it's a description I have personally never heard before or seen. I mean, you have to see this picture on our blog on 850WFTL.com. It's really strange. He, he didn't go so far, though, to say about the red eyes and hairlessness, but it sounds similar. Maybe it had a hair lip. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> but this, this again, happened in, in October 1973. That was Charles Hickson that you heard with the description. It also happened to a guy. There was two of them there. It was... Uh, Calvin Parker, who was 19 at the time, so he's actually still oh, around these of days. The solar Parker probe? Nope, nope, different, different probe. <laughs> he had some probing. Oh boy, oh boy. And but they both talked about this in great detail. And Parker more recently has opened up about this as uh, time has gone on. But they said that they felt conscious but paralyzed. Mm-hmm, that's right. So again, the, the kind of paralyzed uh, description there. While three creatures, as they described them, with robotic slit mouths. So again, kind yeah. of similar to a robot in the description that they gave. And they said they had crab-like pincers. Ew, yeah. As they took so them like, aboard the, the object and then subjected them to examination. Oh, so by the way, if you're going, where the hell is Pascagoula? That river is in Mississippi. Mississippi, yes. And they were on the bank of the river. They heard whirring and whizzing sound, and they right. saw two flashing blue lights, observed an oval-shaped object about 40 feet across and mm. 8 to 10 feet high. So kind of your classic description, yeah. right? You know, yeah. that, that saucer-shaped UFO. And now we've also heard many other descriptions like cigar shaped, the egg shaped, the, you know, of course, the pill triangle, yeah. the pill that the uh, pilots off the Nimitz saw. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> These or guys. It's a really big ship that's floating over, like the, the governor of Arizona. Right. Saw. Right. That was, yeah, that was that giant triangle one. It was one. a triangle one, yeah. So, yeah, it's super interesting because these two guys saw the same thing, right? Charles Hickson. Right. And they were both. Calvin Parker. Yeah. And they say that they were both abducted. Now, Hickson gave interviews and lectures. He was even on an episode of the game show to tell the truth. (gasps) Really? And he claimed additional encounters with aliens um, as time went on. In 1983, he authored a self-published book uh, called UFO Contact at Pascagoula. And then he later attended UFO conventions. Actually, Parker went to different conventions. Um, in 93, he started a company called UFO Investigations. Oh. And he wanted to do that to produce a television series about UFOs. So some people, because of that, Karen, and I, I bring that up for a reason, because some people have accused them of making this all up for financial gain. See, you're, you're damned if you do. I mean, if you don't talk about it, we're not going to know about it. And everyone wants to look at what's your motivation. Right. He's, and they were both saying that they were injected with something to calm them down. Right. It was like a numbing agent. And they went along with the program. And then it's weird because Parker, in his later descriptions, talked about seeing three legless creatures. Whoa. And they floated from the aircraft. One had no neck, again, kind of uh, matching Charles Hickson's uh, description there from when we first started the story. Probably plays football. Maybe. <laughs> and they said that they had no neck, um, gray wrinkled skin, and another did have a neck and appeared more feminine, oh, which is interesting. There so, you go. again, we see that description. We never really hear about genders in these stories. Well, I and thought they were more hermaphroditic, where they're like both sexes. That's because what I've always heard. That's where we're headed. Yeah, on I, Earth. Yeah, maybe because you know you've got people changing sexes, and you don't really. Some people you don't really know what's going on. I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> depending, but it's um, yeah, it's 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 a weird description that you don't normally hear, and that's what we wanted to try to hit on today. Where some of these descriptions that you don't really you know 
get a lot of coverage. You don't hear a lot about even from us, you know, because we're going more towards the stories and not towards the descriptions. Right. I want to yeah, highlight no, some of these Yeah, this is so today. interesting. Um, yeah, more asexual, the aliens. That's what be. we normally yeah. hear. And now, you know, this is the second one that we yeah. hear someone talking about female aliens, right. or at least having, you have an appearance. You can tell by looking at them, because we've talked about before, Karen, how they say, well, it's, you know, the big eyes and the gray skin, and they all have the same look. And we've even theorized before, maybe they're clones. You know, maybe these are kind of like drones, if you will, that are sent out. Or are they robots? Are they human? Are they humanoid? Right. And apparently some of them have a little slit yes. for a mouth and a slit for a nose. And none of them st- are talking. Right. So are they telepathic? And they don't have facial expressions. So maybe they got a lot of Botox going on. I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but they don't react when these people start screaming and going, oh, you know. But we're actually going to get to that in a little bit on our uh, our last story with a name you'll probably recognize. Ah, uh, yeah. But Parker did say that uh, the creatures, he went on and said that he, the creatures held his and Hickson's arms and floated them into the craft where examinations were performed on Oof. both of them. Oof. And then they were returned to the bank of the river. So it was, um, it kind of goes along with a lot of the other abduction stories, right? Where there's the missing time. Yep. They're there for who knows how long, an hour, two hours, three hours. They're, they're returned with very little memory until, you know, they come to and realize what happened to them. Yeah. It's, it's very scary. Abducted by crab aliens. I don't know. But that's their description. Well, some people have that mutation. That's true. In their hands. Right. Yeah. Where they have the, the claw hands. Right. The claw hands. That's true. Um, so, yes. Anyway, if... You've never had, you haven't seen anything, have you? You know, you thought Venus was something earlier. <laughs> I, Venus was incredibly bright the other night, and I thought it was an airplane. I'm like, because where we live, it's the most misconstrued object in the sky as a UFO. I and when I saw it the, uh, the other night, I could see why because where we live, we live by a flight path, so we always have planes flying over, and, and everything. it flashes red and green. Sometimes it does. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes it does. And I thought it was an airplane because the light was so bright. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just Venus right now. So that was pretty cool. (laughs) But I didn't think it was a UFO. So at least I could tell the difference between a UFO, a UAP, or Venus, for goodness sakes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, the case of Travis Walton. Yes. uh, uh, A movie named Fire in the Sky was made after his story. That's right. And it's um, his, his description is more of like the classic, you know, grays. But it's still interesting because he goes into some weird detail that we hadn't heard before. He was on, um, I guess we could say he was on an episode of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. This is actually from the beginning of the year. Now there's been a million different interviews with Travis Walton. Yes. This but just we so, use this one. Yeah, it just so happens. It's I the just one cut out his description use. of what the aliens looked like that he encountered. Something was so wrong inside. I, I felt like I was dying. And this is what really fueled the panic when I finally laid eyes on these creatures. I guess it's a pretty typical description nowadays. Uh, Very large eyes, hairless, two eyes, nose, mouth. I didn't see them speak or no change in the expressions. If they're telepathic and it's developed enough to where they don't need to talk, they also don't need facial expression. And so their ability to communicate with each other would be much richer and more complete than we have. And speech and frowns or smiles or whatever would become obsolete. You don't want to play poker with one of those No, they'll be very good. Very good poker face. 
The Grays, the Grays and, and notoriously good poker players. If they play bridge, they could tell each other what they have. That's also true. Um, goodness gracious. But so if you don't know the case of Travis Walton, just in case you don't, because like you said, the movie was made after him in 1993, Fire in the Sky. It's one of the more famous abduction stories out there that we actually haven't covered um, just because I feel like it's been covered ad nauseum. But I feel like it was uh, important to put him in this episode. And because he did have a unique experience. So it goes back to 1975. He was um, working in the forest. He was like some type of lumberjack. And he was abducted at that point in a forest near Snowflake, Arizona. Oh. Karen, how about that? He was missing for five days and six hours. Real? That's so interesting. And when they come back, their watch is right. different, right? The watch is always, yeah, That's that does happen. We've had stories in previous episodes about the watches being different when they get back. Yeah. Because five days is a long time yeah, for one of these stories. And I think that's what made his more unique because you normally hear about missing time of like three hours or f- something like that. But he's gone for five days. It got so bad that police went searching for him with, you know, uh, with their dogs and their helicopters and all these things. They started accusing some of his coworkers of murdering him. Right. They had to take polygraphs. That's right. <laughs> So it, it, this was a, a big news story at the time because nobody it was it was a missing person case. You know when you get knocked unconscious though you have missing time. You don't remember. You know when you're unconscious you have no concept of time. And that's that's an interesting point because so what would that say if this you know if all these stories are true what would that say for the technology that the aliens are using when it comes to you know how we how are they making us forget how do they know to tap into the brain that specific part whatever they're using to make us forget things or to not pay attention to essentially numb the brain to what's happening. Yeah, but it's still in the subconscious because it can be, you can be regressed and remember it. It's true. So it's, it's weird. So, but you know, again, the story with him, he was riding in a truck, six of his coworkers, like we said, they all had to take poly polygraph tests because they thought they murdered the guy. And that's when they encountered a saucer shaped object. So again, this was kind of more your classic saucer. It was hovering over the ground about 110 feet away, making the high-pitched buzzing noise, which we just heard in the previous descriptions from the other stories. He claims that after he left the truck and approached the object, that's when the beam of light came out and knocked him unconscious. And then the other six men were frightened and supposedly drove away at that point. Good friends, huh? Yeah. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Jeez. Like, oh, we got to go. And then at that point, he claims that he awoke in a hospital-like room, which mm-hmm. is interesting because, Karen, this happened in 1975. I love when we get to connect the dots. And if you go back to what we talked about at the start of the episode with Peter Faust in 1994, the picture that you're going to see on our blog on 850WFTL.com that we spoke about that the artist rendering drew from his uh, his sessions under hypnosis, it looks like a hospital room. And that's 20 years after this right. after this this event with Travis Walton. Right. So same descriptions, 20 years apart. Makes you wonder. Yeah. So he des- he described being observed by three short bald creatures. So this goes to the Greys. They always talk about you know like three to four feet tall, just like they described them in Roswell, pretty much. Right. Skinny legs. What? Three fingers. Three or four fingers. Right. Um, he claimed that he fought with them. Actually. Yeah, he did. He put up a fight. He said he tried to get out. There was a doorway. Yeah. And recognized a doorway. Until, get this, Karen, this is what struck me, and this is why I think his story has been so fascinating over the past 30, 40 years. He was fighting with them until a human, a human wearing a helmet led Walt into another room where he blacked out as three other humans put a clear plastic mask over his face. 
Then he claims he remembers nothing else until he found himself waking up along a highway five days later when the flying saucer dropped him off. I wish I knew the hierarchy of aliens and humans, you know? Are we on the higher echelon or are we like low life Uh, aliens? uh, From everything I've heard. We're alien to them. Well, they look at us as, you know, we look at cattle. I yeah, mean, we're like dumb as a bag of hair. That's everything I've uh, come to conclude anyway. I mean, they're my trying own to help us. And we're like, no, no, no. We're uh, going to do it our way. Right. And it's some and some species, we're going to get into those species here in more in depth before we go. They look at us as like, we want to experiment on you. That's the grays, right? We want to learn about you. We want to take you for, excuse me here, sexual experiments for hybrid creation of our species according to some accounts okay so apparently sex is universal i guess but maybe I, do they look at sex as pleasure or do are they looking at, at sex as just a means to an end right to procreate to keep their species going i don't know do the aliens have a missionary position oh no no oh god <laughs> what are, you broke me karen i'm sorry <laughs> oh god i don't know I don't know. I, we're not going into that far detail today. Okay. Okay. But it is something that if you believe these stories, good Lord, if you believe these stories, if you want to believe them, if you believe part of them, all of them. Yeah. Hey, we just throw it out there You got to ask you. the questions, I that's guess, right? right? Um, but so that's, that's the part that got me the most, though, because you never hear that in these stories. Aliens working with the humans. The only time we've ever heard of that was really the Dulce base. Yes. Which we covered in a way previous, I think episode six, I think that was one of our most popular episodes, most downloaded episodes. I'm so glad episodes. you have an eidetic memory because I can remember all these it's, episodes. It goes, that's what it goes all the way back to where um, it was uh, Schroeder, I believe his name was. He was the government uh, construction agent worker who was working in New Mexico and they were building this underground tunnel and he comes across the aliens in the secret base who were there working with other humans secretly in this base back in uh, the 70s or the 80s. What's that, Phillips? Uh, Phillips Schroeder, right? Phillips Schroeder, yeah. Yes. And so there's other, I guess, things you can match to this, but we've never heard of a story where humans are working on spaceships, on UFOs with aliens. So it makes you wonder what type of cooperation is going on here if Travis Walton's story is true. Yeah. It's amazing. It's insane. Um, but, you know, we've had episodes where we talk about past presidents who have entertained aliens, yeah. held court with aliens. That's true. And we've had all kinds of different people from different walks of life say they've encountered an alien. And not all of them look the same. No. And so let's, would you like to go over a few here, Karen? I would. Let's do that here. So, of course, we know the greys. Yep. Right? So we've we've heard the classic description of them many times, three to four feet tall, childlike, big eyes, bulbous heads. Well, see, I thought the greys, some of them were walking among us and looked like us, too. They assume what we look like. That's more I, with the reptilians. Oh, because I heard that greys are walking among us. Which, I mean, maybe, but they they don't really, at least Gray according... Gray-skinned humanoids, but right. the, not all of them have that big head with the almond eyes. Well, according to accounts, they don't... They try to be more secretive okay. about their existence. Excuse me. Um, yes, I know. I'm very sorry. But, of course, you know, they're always described as hairless, the large heads, like we said, you know, the black almond-shaped eyes, the big eyes, nostrils without a nose, the slits for mouths, no ears, three to four fingers, 
Um, and they've been, of course, predominant in all the beings of uh, contact since the 1960s. You always hear about the Greys being right. part of these abduction stories, which is what kind of made some of these stories here today in, intriguing and, and different. And then, of course, this one, Karen, this is something we actually just finished talking about in our Edgar Casey series, The Hopkinsville Goblin. Oh, that's right. So if you remember, or if you yes. hadn't heard it, the Hopkinsville Goblin was something that was seen just once in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, that uh, was described as small, greenish, silver skin floating through the air. With arms flailing. And this, by the way, that's the town where that Edgar, Edgar Casey was born. He was born there, that's right. It's small, greenish, silver humanoids, and they apparently were bulletproof. Yeah, that's, that's also the case. So if you want to learn more about them, you can, again, it's on Little the blog. Little green men, diminutive it green was, humanoids. <laughs> that was on our uh, previous episode. We talked about the Hopkinsville Goblin. Um, but that's that's a very, very unique description. It's like my those. favorite Martian. He Remember, he's, he had the antennas that would go yeah. up from his head. I loved that. Yes. And now the green humanoids, what are classically referred to as the little green men, like you were just saying, Karen, um, even though a few abductions have referred to the green skin, and you'll see that in the picture from Peter Faust's abduction yeah, story right. on our blog post there, no report has actually ever involved anything that would fit the classic cultural stereotype of little green men. But they are included here for, of course, you know, the cultural references of always talking about little green men. I don't know, but... It's weird because in the Hopkinsville story, that took place in 1955, and I think actually that was the first instance of the term little green men who uh, was used in the newspaper, and they weren't green at all. They were actually gray metallic right. looking. Well, they were probably reflecting the, the grass. I guess, maybe. But what was interesting that I found intriguing anyway with uh, Peter Faust, one of the things I found intriguing about his story there was the description in the artist's rendering, they do look green. So you, you can see they that do. picture. Right. It's, it's kind of weird. Now, how about the Nordics, Karen? Yeah, that's what uh, President Eisenhower, was it? He did, yes. He had a meeting with the Nordics. That's right. Or he had his crown replaced because he bit on a chicken Either wing. Way. And you can hear about that story in full on Presidents and Aliens, another past episode. Uh, <laughs> little plug there for past episodes. Oh, it's a crazy story. Honestly, though, if that's an insane story, you've never it heard is. it before. It's wild. Yep. And it's really thought-provoking, too, because the excuses are kind of silly. But he did allegedly have a meeting with the Nordics. Did not go well because I guess we didn't get out what we wanted to get out of it. And that's when he met with the Greys. And the rest is history, according to the story anyway. And his granddaughter, by the way. Yeah. Now, sometimes the Nordics are called Space Brothers. These are humanoids with what they call stereotypical Nordic features, meaning tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. Think of Thor. Ah, got okay? it. Like, like a Chris Hemsworth type of character. Mm -hmm. They've uh, been featured in several cases of contact. It's said that they are from ancient Earth, actually. Oh. But they present themselves as extraterrestrials in the past, and they moved from uh, living on the surface to then living underground mm -hmm. around the Himalayas. Because, of course, if, if you're Nordic, you were going to live in a cold area. <laughs> and I guess they moved underground after what they call a natural event. Oh. But it is intriguing. If you think about it, you're talking about maybe an ancient being on the Earth. And 
they lived on the grounds and then they just present themselves as aliens because they're not above ground like everybody else? Yeah, we have past episodes about alien bases underwater, oh, underground. Yes. In caves in um, Antarctica. And they can travel through these uh, wormholes oh, where yeah. you're like instantaneously in New Jersey and then suddenly you're in Arizona. We talked about what a uh, Stargate in our Stargate. Stargate and Portals episode. Yeah. I think it was episode 19, I want to say, where, right. uh, you know, the, the Stargate from... Was it Alaska to Hawaii? That's right. Right? Yep. Strange stuff. So, another one to think about there. Then, of course, we talked about the alien in Brazil. Yeah. And then, how about Valiant Thor, Karen? Yep, yep. Remember our buddy Valiant Thor? We spoke about in a previous episode. He's the guy that looks like a Hollywood actor. Right. And he, they say that he was a Venusian. So, what the heck is a Venusian? Somebody who's from Mars. And just like the Nordics who are no, said Venus. to... I'm Inter- sorry. Inner Venus. <laughs> what did I a say? Martian Mars? is from Mars. Yes, that's right. I'm sorry. What that's did okay. I say? Um, thank you for correcting my stupidity there. No, that's right. There was Venus, and just like we heard about with the Nordics supposedly living underground, the Venusians, like Valiant Thor, would live inside of Venus. At least that's the way the story goes. Right. And at that point, um, Valiant Thor, if you didn't hear the episode, is a guy that had presented himself as a human. Uh, they say it looked like a Hollywood actor, very good looking. We have a picture of him up. We do, actually. It was photographed. <laughs> yes. You can see Valiant Thor. We have the picture. Yeah. He's on that episode on, on that blog page. Um, so that's another description of what an alien might look like, more human-like. Right. Like a Venusian. And they were a higher being than us. They understood basically the meaning of life. They understood their how to be close to God, how to be yeah. have that spirituality in life, how to achieve peace when within their society and cure diseases. They didn't want any of that here on Earth. That's exactly... We don't, we don't want... No. That'll disrupt our economy. And th- that's exactly right. And you can hear it in the episode, but Valiant Thor, according to the story, came to Earth, to Pentagon, to the Vatican, and tried to speak to the religious leaders and government leaders to present these solutions, and they're like, nah. That'll, that'll screw up our systems. Yeah, no, no. And he's like, all right. And he got frustrated in the left eventually after a few years of trying. So, And the Anunnaki, the, uh, the, isn't there a, there was a whole Bible book about these guys. Yeah, so the Anunnaki, we've talked about them, of course, before too in our Ancient Egypt series that we did previous episodes. And they presented themselves as kind of that elongated head. Now, what I've always found intriguing about that is there are different cultures in modern day where they people do have the elongated heads. And you see that sometimes in uh, tribal cultures. Yes. And they put the boards, it sounds terrible, so excuse me, but this is what they do. They put boards on the side of a baby's head when they're born because, you know, the baby's head is more pliable and, lack of a better term, squishy. <laughs> and they can, <laughs> they can put the boards to elongate the head of the child and then you grow up that way. And they wrap it. And then they wrap it, right. So it, it your brain and your head will form in that shape. Now, why do people do this and why did the Anunnaki look that way? It's said because they wanted to look like the gods. Ah. What gods were they seeing that had these elongated heads? Right. Makes you wonder. Hmm. Yes. But again, the Anunnaki we talked about in great detail and our past episodes about ancient Egypt. All these things we're referring to, if you haven't heard the past episodes, again, I've said it a million times, but 850WFTL.com. Find all of the episodes there. You can look at all the pictures we've been talking about on each blog page because it's dedicated to each episode. I wonder if aliens have DNA. That's a good question. And what kind of DNA? I mean, you would think so, right? Right. They have to have some type of building, building blocks to their own life structure because also when you look at evolution and darwinism there are not it doesn't 
have an exact pattern or link a chain yeah. of of animals that actually could evolve from one to the other. There's right. missing one. So someone had to come in with some DNA and like create us because we obviously didn't evolve that way. Well, that's some of the ancient astronauts, as they call it, ancient alien theory. You know, did they place some type of DNA or was that just a natural evolution that God put in place? You know, there's there's questions. I have don't you know. seen lately the Chinese have created a super beagle? Oh, no. By editing their DNA. Oh, my gosh. They've got all these muscles and everything. Oh, geez. Uh, so now I guess you can make a superhuman. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure they're trying. Sure. Captain America is going to come to life. I'm Super Beagle. It's going to be Captain China, I guess. It sounds like they're ahead of us on that one. Yeah. Super Beagle. But it's, uh, oh, by, just to make myself clear here, I know this is a longer episode today, so hopefully you're well, enjoying let's, it. Let's hack it in half. No, no, no. We, we can do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, the Anunnaki, just to, to kind of clear it up there, they weren't aliens. The Anunnaki were people. They wanted to look they like aliens, like right. The description of aliens. But to finish it off here, Karen, since we're droning on here today, to tell, <laughs> I think this is all good stuff. What's the we book of the stuff? Bible that uh, talks about the Anunnaki? That they got rid of, the, they took it out of the Bible? I, actually, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Yes, actually. you are. Am I? Yes. I don't know. I'll look it up. I'm not sure. (laughs) You can Google as I talk about the tall whites because the tall whites, and I know it sounds like a funny name, but apparently, according to a man named Charles Hall, who I can't remember if we've talked about before, but Charles Hall uh, was somebody who worked in the army and was based out in one of the, you know, desert areas. I mean, you know, somewhere in the Arizona, New Mexico part of the country. And he came across these tall whites, and they worked on the base, and he had relationships with them. And Book of Enoch. Ah, the Book of Enoch. Okay, got it. There you go. Good job. But according to Charles Hall, there are hundreds of them, these tall whites, on the planet, and they come and go as they please. And they all play in the NBA. <laughs> Maybe. Dirk Davitsky is one of them. I don't know. He said that... Um, they include military personnel, government officials. Really? So this maybe is where I got confused with the grays. It's the tall whites. The tall whites do pose as humans because they have more of a human form. Got it. Um, and they pose as civilians, according to him. Now, huh. the tall whites are eight feet tall, so it's going to be kind of hard <gasps> oh. not to stick out in society. <laughs> and by the time they reach the age, now stay with me here. This is according to his account. By the time they reach the age of 800... They keep growing, oh. except for their internal organs, which oh. ultimately causes their deaths. They outgrow their organs, hmm. according to this uh, description. Tall whites heal rather slowly compared to humans, and they are very interested in our ability to heal so quickly. Now, approximately... Really? we heal, They think we heal quickly? That's what they say. Huh. Now, they're approximately about 100 pounds, so they're very thin. They're eight feet tall and weigh 100 pounds? Very, very thin. I would say they're very thin. They're Skeletal. like supermodel. Yeah. Uh, white skin, of course, you can yeah. assume by the name Tall Whites. They levitate in spacesuits, huh. and the spacesuits also protect them from weapons okay. that could be used against them, and they travel at the speed of light oh. in their spaceships, oh. according to all of the uh Well, that's why they don't age, so they're 800 years old, but you don't age when you travel at the speed of light that because be. time stops. Right. Yeah. It goes slower anyway. It goes slower anyway. So that, that could be a, uh, a cause there. So a very intriguing description of the Tall Whites. We are, And also the Palladians which are kind of strange, but we're going to have pictures of on, sounds, saying it so many times, 850WFTL.com on our UAP blog of a lot of these descriptions along with the pictures that we spoke about earlier of the abduction 
uh, descriptions of the aliens that were involved there, too. Who are the Palladians? Now, the Palladians, they call them star people. Oh, cool. Because they're from that uh, area of the constellation, anyway. And they kind of look like, according to artist renderings, anyway, they kind of look more like uh, the aliens from Avatar, who lived on Pandora. Okay, okay. The kind they're of, blue? The blue skin, oh. um, kind of like a blonde hair. More human in their features. What about the reptilians? The reptilians are kind of what they always refer to as the lizard people. And then the Philip, uh, what's his name? Schaefer talked about the reptilian on the roof, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes, actually. So, so we, yeah, we've had stories about them before. And there's also been conspiracy theories. Not getting into those a lot, but you know, well, the chupacabra. Well, you know, it's theories about how like politicians have been reptilians uh, and the reptilians uh, are taking over society uh, and. Uh, there's was his name Brandon? Listen, listen, listen. Let's go, Brandon. I'm just <laughs> that's an alien saying it, not us. That was but I'm just saying that these are theories that have been out there. I'm not gonna laugh at you if you believe it. Hey. We, we just we we are presenting hey. everything that's been said about different species of aliens, and that's what they say about reptilians, that they take over human form and they disguise themselves and they become these high powered government officials. Kinda like Charles Hall talked about with uh the tall whites and, you know, they talk about with the Nordics and things like that. So I think Fang Fang was an alien. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what happened? Anyway. Yes. Where's the line? I don't know. Behind me. Yes. <laughs> I think we're done, right? I'm done. <laughs> Hopefully you're done because I'm done. I'm done. Oh. I think we are done. Yes. Out of control here on episode 25. Well, we're about to take a vacation. Yes. I think that's what it is also. Going to another planet. Well, we are done here for today. Make sure, and for the year or so, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hopefully you enjoy the holiday season. And we will be back. We're taking a break, but we're going to be back after the holiday season. The first week of January, we'll start up again with episode 26. We'll regale you with more stories. Yes, it's going to be a lot more to come here in the year 2022. Thanks for everybody who's been listening and yes. downloading. Please go ahead and start, uh, continue to do so over the break. Apple, Spotify, 850WFTL.com, and enjoy uh, enjoy all the shows. And give us five extraterrestrial stars In, for our efforts. Indeed. But until then, have a good one. Enjoy, and talk to you next time. Thanks.